Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Um, All Saints usually comes up during the season when we're spending some time thinking about our rule of life. And every single year I'm tempted to sort of pause any discussion we're having any teaching we're doing on our rule of life to just focus on this. And yet, year after year, I'm reminded the beauty that this falls when it does in the calendar. Uh, this, uh, this year, I've been inviting us to think about our rule of life through the framework of a pilgrimage. Not a walk, not a march, not a wander, but a pilgrimage. It's a walk with God and with God's friends to something specific. And in uh, a culture that loves the individual, I think it's good for us to remember that when it comes to following Jesus, that Jesus, when he comes into our lives, never comes alone. And much of what we face is incredibly unique to us, and yet, as the great Frederick Beekner, who recently passed, said, that the importance of listening to one another's stories, of stories of the saints, whether it's the saints sitting next to you this morning or those who have gone before us, is that in them we hear echoes of our own story. We hear echoes of God's story. And keeping company with the saints is not primarily a meditation on the results of their life, of their legacy, of their impact, although those things are important. But I think time and time again, especially when we come to all saints Day, what the Spirit is inviting us to do is to draw our attention to what it was that their lives bodied forth. Uh, Shakespeare in A Midsummer's Night Dream uses a character to make fun of poetry, and in making fun of poetry, I think provides us with one of the most beautiful definitions of what poetry is. Shakespeare writes, The poet's eye in a frenzy, in a fine frenzy rolling doth glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. And as imagination bodies forth the forms of things unknown, the poet's pen turns them to shape and gives to airy nothing a local habitation and a name. It's a beautiful description of what the poet does, but I would argue that it's also a beautiful description for what these women and what these men have done. These women, these men in the course of their lives, in their own complex human and holy ways, looked from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, from the things invisible and visible in their lives, in their own beautiful ways, bodied forth what it means to say yes to the availability of God's kingdom, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be with and end and have our being in the God who is boundless mystery who is Christ-like, who is present and active. In some ways, this is the aim of the entire Christian life, what it means to follow Jesus, to love God and with God love our neighbor, what it means to be saints, to glance from heaven to earth and from earth to heaven and to body forth. This is what our rule of life gives us a trellis for. As I described to the children and as is in the story we read earlier, Julian of Norwich lived out her days in a little small cell, not like prison cell, uh, but a small little room that was attached to a church. And she asked that there be two windows in her room and two windows alone. 
And one of the windows, she could look out and see the Eucharist altar, where every single day women and men and children would come to receive the body and the blood. And so one of her windows was the Eucharist altar. The other window was out into the world, where individuals and people would stop by for spiritual direction, for pastoral counsel, to just hear one more time, God is with you and God loves you. Even me, yes, even you. And for a long time, I've come to understand that that is the place you and I are invited to inhabit. Talk about a local, a local habitation. That is our habitation between this table and every other table we come to. To learn to love God and to learn to love one another. And so I want to give you 12 steps for how to become a saint. Why'd you laugh? I'm not going to give you that. I was just seeing if you were listening. I'm not going to give you that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't even think I could. But here's what I do want to do. I thought about that. I was like, well, there's, because there is so much from Hebrews 11 and the women and men in Hebrews 11 or throughout the great tradition of the church that we could spend time with. I think all of the saints in their own way answered the four greatest questions that are any question that any teacher, including Jesus, was forced to answer. What is reality? What is the good life? What is a good person? And how do you become a good person? Those are the four questions that every single person is asking and must answer. Jesus himself answered it in his teaching. But what I actually want to do is invite us to just sit with the story of some of these saints. There's a litany that was written in the style of Hebrews 11 by Amy Abdallah. We've read this over years past, and I want to return to it again. As we hear these stories afresh this morning, some in only just a few sentences, I want us to again invite us to begin to imagine these women and these men's lives as lives that were looking from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven, and bodied forth what it means to say yes to the availability of God's kingdom, what it means to follow Jesus. And I'll say this one caveat before, she begins every sentence with by faith. And oftentimes when we hear faith, we think belief. But that actually isn't what it's carrying in the New Testament. It's actually would be better in Eugene in the message translation of Hebrews that I read. It would be better to translate that as trust. Faith is trusting. It's trusting. And so I'm actually going to change all these lines now that I said that too, by trust. My coffee's catching up with me slow this morning. (laughs) By trust. Mary Magdalene was healed by Jesus and became one of his most dedicated disciples. She risked everything to move into spaces previously only reserved for men in her day. She was the first to see the resurrected Christ being sent by Christ as the apostle to the apostles to tell his friends that the grave had now become the doorway to life. By trust, John the Beloved, whose head rested on Christ's chest, who was exiled to the island of Patmos, where he received a vision of the one seated on the throne, who then wrote to the church's letters and a gospel account telling the story of the one whom he loved above all others. 
by trust. Lydia prayed with the women by the river at Philippi, where the Lord opened her heart to the preaching of Paul and Silas. She was their first European convert. By trust, she opened her home to them. She hosted Christian gatherings, and she joined them in preaching the gospel to all. By trust, the apostle Junia preached far and wide alongside her husband, Andronicus. By faith, she continued to preach before suffering martyrdom. By trust, Phoebe served the church as a deacon. Paul entrusted the letter to Rome to her because of her faith. And by faith, she was a benefactor of many, including Paul. By faith, Anthony of Egypt went into the Egyptian desert to live in complete solitude. His life attracted followers and led to the founding of monasticism, a tradition that continues today, inviting women and men into a life given solely to prayer and service with God for the sake of the world. By trust, Thecla left her family and her fiancé to follow Paul and his teachings about Jesus. She committed herself to celibacy, the performance of miracles, and serving as the apostle to Iconium and other lands. By faith, she escaped multiple attempts on her life, was hidden in, her, in a cave, and finally remembered as the first martyr and equal to the apostles. By faith, Perpetua confessed Christ and was imprisoned. She refused to worship the emperor, an act that would have freed her. By trust, she received visions and encouraged her companions as they bravely faced martyrdom in the arena. By faith, Marcella founded a covenant, a convent, two different things, and wrote to Jerome to challenge and hone his biblical scholarship. By faith, she replaced Jerome in his absence from Rome and taught men, including priests. By faith, Hildegard Benin received mystical visions from the Lord, which she recorded. By faith, she led her order and was commissioned by the Pope to preach and teach. She composed music, poetry, and medicine that is still studied today. Her faith gave her the honor of the title Doctor of the Church. By faith, Francis of Assisi abandoned a life of wealth, serving the poor, caring for lepers. Francis, answering the call of God, stripped off the clothes of his rich father, took up the monk's robes. Like Jesus, it was said of Francis that the poor heard him gladly. The most famous prayer that is ascribed to him, though not his own, sums up his life. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. By trust, Harriet Tubman escaped slavery, returned 19 times to the South, and delivered 300 fellow slaves. By faith, she listened to God for each route north and never lost a passenger. She is known as the Moses of her people. By faith, Lottie Moon preached the gospel, serving the people of China. By faith, she called on others to give to the mission, and she still inspires people to give today. By faith, Howard Thurman, an author, philosopher, theologian, educator, and civil rights leader, played a leading role in many social justice movements of his day. He served as a friend and a mentor of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., who carried Jesus in the distant heart, heart, heritage, Thurman's most important book while leading the 1955 to 56 Montgomery bus boycott. By faith, Catherine Booth wrote an apologetic for a woman's right to preach the gospel. Come on, Catherine. She then became a powerful preacher, ministered to many through her faith, and she is known as the mother of the Salvation Army. By faith, Teresa left her home, settled in Calcutta, by faith, she founded the Missionaries of Charity and dedicated her life to serving the poor and abandoned. 
She opened homes for the dying and believed in human dignity for all. Her faith was internationally recognized by the Nobel Peace Prize. By faith, Dora Yu, though Chinese, preached the gospel in Korea to Korean women. She returned to China and gave up her medical practice so that she could concentrate on revival preaching. Her faithful evangelism converted Peace Lin and her son, Watchman Nee. She was the main speaker at the British Keswick Convention in 1927. By faith, Black Elk was a holy man of the Lakota people. He was a second cousin of the war leader Crazy Horse, fighting with him in the Battle of Greasy Grass. Black Elk, years later, became a follower of Jesus, spent the remainder of his life teaching the Bible, holding mass, preaching sermons, and raising many children and grandchildren. By faith, Reverend Anna Maria Falcon Garcia paved the way for the Iglesia Christiana Pentecostal to ordain women as clergy. The church's constitution was changed as a result of her faith, and today male and female clergy work side by side. By faith, Pandita Rambambi was a social reformer in India. She worked for the emancipation of women and education for all. She also became a scholar through her faith. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Mary, Mary, and the other Mary. Irenaeus, Joan of Arc, Claire of Assisi, Julian of Norwich, Joseph of Arimathea, John of the Cross, John Hyde, Godric, Katie Luther, Sojourner Truth, C.S. Lewis, Martin Luther King Jr., George MacDonald, Madeline Langle, and other saints. Of those often overlooked, faithful servants, ones who hold no title, book or bell, the gentle souls, those who are slow healing from hearts broken. Some were called apostles and sent by Jesus. Some taught the church. Some were writers. Some prophesied and received visions. Some were burned at the stake. Some left home and family, abandoned hopes of what we would deem a normal life of stability and happiness. They were destitute, persecuted, and mistreated and the world was not worthy of them. All these were commended for their faith when they died, and together with them we press on to receive the prize. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off those things which so easily entangle us, giving us a singular vision, and let us run as partners the race marked out for us. Let us together fix our eyes on Christ. Let us glance from heaven to earth, from earth to heaven. Let us body forth the shape and form of God's life. May our lives be a home for God and for our neighbor. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.